The date is Friday, April 9th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. We as humans have built some remarkable things, from microchips all the way up to the size of cities. We've found ways of shaping our planet to be more people-friendly. And it's this drive to create that brings us to the topic of this week's episode, all about construction and management simulators. So enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another extravagating episode of Entertain This. Entertain This. As always, I'm one of your intrepid and golden boy hosts, Alex. (laughs) And I'm Michael. (laughs) And I'm Nick, but I'm not golden. Apparently, the hours have changed. The sun sets at a different time now. And because of it, and because I record in front of my window, those of you enjoying the (laughs) visual performance of our show will see that I am golden right now. No, photographers, like, they dream of having the golden hour that you've been having for, like, the last hour. Yeah, I've been trying to... I've been trying to stop the podcast from recording so the sun could go down. One, because I hate looking like this. It doesn't, I don't have control over the light. God is controlling my lighting right now. And I don't know how okay with that I am. And number two is because I spent at least $20 on the lights behind me and I like them to glow multicolored while we're recording because it makes me look like a gamer boy. Uh, And those are two things that I personally really enjoy about my setup uh, that God is taking away from me by changing what time the sun does and doesn't go down. Well. So, <laughs> so that's where I am. Guys, we are back. Uh, it didn't seem like it to you guys, but we have been on a week hiatus. We recorded mm-hmm. um, two weeks or two episodes in the same week, a couple weeks back so that we could take last week off. Um, and the reason we did that was because we had like personal things going on and chaos going on in our lives. And we still wanted mm-hmm. to deliver to you the great shows that you love so much. Um, so we went ahead and we took care of that, but we have been out of the game for a week. So if it seems we're a bit, uh, a bit chaotic today, it's because rusty is a good word. If it seems we're a bit chaotic today, it's because we are, uh, excited to be back talking with you guys once more, uh, about all things entertainment. Uh, let's get some stuff out of the way before we delve into this episode. So beautifully crafted by our one and only Nick Mustakangas. Who has still refused to tell us what we're talking about. It's still a surprise because when asked. Chloe, FYI. Oh, oh, well, you didn't tell us. Uh, nope. But when uh, when prodded for information, he said it was a secret and we didn't prod any more than that because I guess we didn't really care. <laughs> so <here we> are. <laughs> I wouldn't either if I was honest. <laughs> so we're curious to see what he pulls out of his hat. But before that, let's do some housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. The first thing and really only thing that we have to housekeep over, uh, we in the last two weeks have uh, hired on somebody. We brought somebody onto the team. What used to be a three man operation has become so much more. And we are so happy because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so often it would seem that the three of us either have no clue what we're talking about <laughs> and thus take uh, your precious minutes while listening to this podcast to Google it ourselves interrupting uh the others to loop back to a thing that we talked about five minutes beforehand or sometimes if you're lucky we say some just off the wall chaotic shit that makes no goddamn sense and is not factually (laughs) accurate and before you guys get the opportunity as our audience to 
uh, find us on social media and throw stones at us until we die and don't want to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> We've hired somebody to take care of that, not only for you, but for us. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to introduce all of you now to our resident fact checker, an official part of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chloe. Hey. Hey. What's up, guys? Whoa. <laughs> guys, that's right. In this testosterone-filled show, almost to a flaw, we have brought on a feminine touch to level us this out. This show and... needed a little more estrogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And we're, we're so happy for you guys to be here. Um, that little uh, tone that played when she popped up, that is going to be both our warning and your warning that the fact checker has come and she's bringing vengeance <laughs> upon our souls mm-hmm. for That's the right. for the wrongdoings we've done to the fact world um so when you hear that it's time for fact checking but chloe is so much more than that she uh she's here to not only do our fact checking but she's also our official showrunner. so um converting over to doing a, an actual visual show has been stressful and confusing and we're still figuring it out as we go but uh chloe has so bravely stepped up to run our cues for us during the show including that little jingle that you heard as she popped up that's one mm-hmm. of the many talents that she possesses that uh she will be bringing to the show as well Happy as her to be here, guys good um, job yeah not it, may, it that- really it really may not seem like it, but we try and bring the most well-produced show that we can to you all and chloe's just another step on that to uh help us bring that up bring that goal to you uh, it's strawberry so sad, blonde on top we really do try so hard <laughs> <laughs> we promise man we try so hard um but chloe will be you know popping into every episode with her own little things that she's got going uh and and she's going to be doing some awesome stuff for us like that. Um, Chloe, do you want to do you want to talk about yourself? Uh, you know, not really. I feel like if people are true fans of the show, they know a little bit about me already. Um, and basically, I'm just I'm just here to make sure that everything stays one hundred. Mm-hmm, True. Mm-hmm. With, with two she did a one hundred patrol. Very important. So, yes. yeah. welcome, welcome, Chloe, to the show. Uh, we're Thank excited you. to have you on to help With us that, out. I will see myself out. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for coming. Wow, we, we we're now? so professional. We have a sh- <laughs> we have a showrunner. We we're being fact checked. We're trying to stay a legitimate source of information, guys. We're doing better than most news sources now. Um, well, so so that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Nick, why don't you take us away into this week's topic, huh? Okay, uh, it's still a mystery topic. Remember, now I did tell you before, but you probably forgot. So what if Nick never? tells us because he doesn't have a topic because he forgot (laughs) that it was his week the entire episode is just like how to how to stall for time he's like this is a riddle episode (laughs) trying to figure out what this week's topic is it's not a riddle i'll tell you up front i won't tell you You wear it to bed but not on your head it sits on your toes but where does it go only the riddle master knows that's not a real riddle. Don't try to figure it out. It doesn't yeah, have an answer. I was, I was already starting. I was like, goes in her toes. Anyways, let me start. Let's start here <laughs> with a little, uh, it's a non-rhetorical teaser question to get your wheels rolling. To Are we to, allowed to answer this? Tell me right yes. now. If you yes, don't tell you me, are. it's okay. entrapment. Okay. You, you are allowed to answer this. I hope you answer it. I believe it. Um, 
tool trip down memory lane. Damn it. Uh, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> what, what were some of the toys you had growing up and which were Ooh. your favorite? Legos. Okay. That's Legos a good one. Legos were a big one. Definitely. I, I had Hot Wheels and I had the carpet. So. Hell yeah. Ooh. You know, it was another big one. Beyblades. Really? Yeah. Let it rip. I was Ooh. big on Beyblades. Wow. Yeah. Uh, tech okay. decks but not the just skateboards the one with the little thumb men too the little thumb figures <laughs> oh, that yeah. magnetized onto the tech decks i remember those yeah i had a, I had a game boy advance game for that mm-hmm. that's weird yeah that's that's interesting <laughs> because uh let me ask you if you had any software toys software toys yeah i'm gonna need you to uh qualify that question a little better well if you don't know what i mean by that I'll explain, okay? Okay. <laughs> Our world. I'll entertain this. I'm not there yet. I'm going to do it oh. later. Our world we live in is surrounded by complex systems. The we fact live in a society. You, we live in a society, you guys. <laughs> the fact that you can hear any of our voices right now, however you're listening, whether that be on Spotify or, or uh, I was going to say Hulu, but that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? No, Google um, Play, iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, believe it or just, not. Just find us. Put the website, okay, it's a great thing. But just think about this for a minute, okay? Underneath our feet right now is a network of wires and pipes that provide you with fresh, clean water and these magical electrons powering uh, everything, pretty much. The roads that we're shuffled along inside our 3,000-pound metal blocks on wheels is part of an ecosystem of man-made infrastructure, all designed around making being a human easier. So with all this in mind, let's imagine, if you will, a hypothetical scenario. Let's say you're in charge of creating Earth 2.0, the gods of creation have decided to take a vacation to Disney World. But this I know time what we're talking about. You're gonna do it right. What are some of the things you'd change if given the opportunity to shape the world and why? Man, your rhetorical question really threw us off of the topic today, but I think I got there. <laughs> no. I still don't know, so <laughs> Okay. So your so, so your question was uh if there was something we could change in our society, what would it be? Sure. If you were, if you were given world. complete control, if you were God for a day, what would you change? Uh, more alien invasions. Mm. Mm. Uh, wider roads and canals. <laughs> canals. I, I would argue smaller <laughs> roads and canals because mm. the only time I've seen all of us come together was to make fun of a ship that was too thick for him canal. And that happened recently. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we gotta widen the Suez. Hashtag widen the Suez. Why isn't that a campaign? <laughs> Anyways. Now it's a Widen the Suez for that ass, boy. Widen the Suez. Oh my goodness. Let's imagine that we take everything that we've just said, widen the Suez, hashtag, and we get mm-hmm. to simulate this in a game. But well, what's this? You can't win at this game. Well, that's really not much of a game at all. The whole point of playing any game is a chance to win, right? Wrong. What if I told you there was a game where you never truly win, but you get just a little better every time, just like real life? Enter the Construction and Management Simulation Games, or CMS for short. Mm. And chances are you've probably heard at least one of them. Despite this boring title, these games are incredibly fun to me in particular. And maybe by the time we get done here with this episode, you'll be convinced to entertain this. Ooh, nice job. Nice job. That's what it's all about, really. Proceed.
<laughs> so let me give you a little brief preview of the episode. First, it's a it's a play in 4X, if you will. Is that is that a thing? Alex, can you fact check me? That's not my job 4X? anymore. What? Is this is that <laughs> <laughs> What's up, she's, she's not here. Where is she? Where is she? Hey. I dropped my mic. You gotta have fast fingers. <laughs> um, just to confirm, plays can be four acts long. <laughs> Thank you. How long? How long was the longest play, Chloe? <gasps> I'll find out. <laughs> what? Wait. What, first off, what does four? What are you talking about with four acts? It's four acts because there's four different sections that uh, four acts. I was thinking like four X. Thor X, no, acts. Four X, like X, 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 X. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's what are you playing on four times speed? I don't know. <laughs> four times hardcore. So, so how many acts can a play have if it, so it can have 20. four. We're used to two, but what is, what is at least a high number that, that you know of, Chloe? Well, um, I didn't find any answer about number of acts, but I did find the Guinness World Record holder for the longest production of a play. How long? Okay. Does that What's interest that you? It is called The Bald Soprano, a.k.a. The Bald Prima Donna. It was 23 hours, 33 minutes, and 54 seconds long. Huh. I'll assume and that that has a good play. number of acts in it. It's yeah. a one nope. act? It is a one act. It can be looped indefinitely. Nope. Wow. I gotta go so to the go bathroom sometimes, you know. Okay. Well, thanks, Chloe. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there goes our fact checker. <laughs> First, we'll delve into the history of these games, then my own personal experience, and then why they're so ex- uh, significant in the history of gaming. And we'll end with what I think the draw to these games are: the answer to why would anyone want to play a CMS game? Because maybe you think they're boring. I don't know. Because we want to know what it feels like to play God. <laughs> That's part of it, yeah. C- CMS being City Management Simulator? No, Construction and Management construction. Simulation. Ah, okay. Game. It's a very broad umbrella, as you're going to find out. So, gotcha. Here's a rhetorical question for you guys. Damn it. You don't get to answer, sorry. What is it that unites Animal Crossing, The Sims, Tamagotchi, and Minecraft? Oh, Building. please let us try. Okay, Building. go ahead. Building. Is it simulation? Okay. Yeah, they're they're all probably pretty much CMS games. We're gonna find that out. <laughs> so let's define it. You want to do that? Let's define what the frick is this guy talking about? CMS games? Better what? not get it wrong because we got a person who will fucking eat your soul for getting this <laughs> okay. wrong. Now, mm-hmm. this is the definition I stole from Wikipedia. It is a type of simulation game in which players build, expand, or manage fictional communities or projects with limited resources. So that can mean a lot of things, but at a base level, it means you give players tools for building and tools for managing. Mm. So pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as you know, history is one of my sw- strong suits. So for this topic, I think it's important to understand where these games came from. Let me explain why they were so innovative at the time. So if we look back in time and think, hmm, you know, what was the first video game? And how would you describe it to an alien? You'd think Pong, right? It's essentially tennis. You're hitting a ball back and forth on a screen. There's not a whole lot of thinking you have to do in order to decide your next move. It's straightforward. You hit the ball back. Don't let it pass to you. The objective mm-hmm. is clear. Defeat your opponent by getting the ball past them. Now, let's think for a minute if there's no opponent and there's no goal. Um, there's no ball either. This metaphor kind of breaks down a little bit, but I think you'll see where I'm trying to go. This is, uh, while many other video games would have you 
plays a plastic army man in a sandbox. What if you were the kid looking down on him from above? And what if you could build him little fortresses along his sandy battlefield? It is within the realm of military strategy that these games have their roots. Mm-hmm. So there's educational roots to this. There's, um, let me pose, let me pose a non-rhetorical question for a minute. What can games really teach you? Anything. Hmm? Anything. Anything and everything. Yeah. Especially okay. the simulation uh, genre of gaming, like farming yeah. simulator. <laughs> Chloe Teach and I were farm. just talking about that before the show. Our fact checker, Chloe. That's right. Hmm. She's not going to come on again. <laughs> There's no facts to be checked. No. Oh, okay. All right. I'm always like, I'm tense. I'm ready for it. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> she'll only pop up when you least expect it. Yeah, that's when it's going to happen. But uh, games can kind of model the real world. Uh, Farming Simulator is a great example of that. When you play a game, there's a part of your mind that tries to figure out what what the game's underlying code is. Like, what are the rules here? What do I have to do in order to succeed in some way? And some of the earliest board games were based on warfare. Why? It's easy to understand. And humans are pretty Mm -hmm. good at fighting one another. Generals used board games to play out skirmishes for fun and for training purposes. So we fast forward to the 19... Uh, late 1960s with this game called Hammurabi in which you managed a city-state in ancient Sumeria. Mm-hmm. And this was the first of these types of games. This is the first CMS game, you guys. And it was released in 1971, coded in BASIC. And uh, it was pretty bare bones, pretty text-based, but it's important to note here that it's actually misspelled with only one M in Hammurabi as opposed to two due to the eight-character text limit within the game. Mm-hmm. Like, these these computers were pretty bare bones. You had to fight yeah. for every single byte of memory. Um, so these games were designed initially to teach sixth graders about the fundamentals of economics. I don't know why they don't teach that in schools anymore. It's kind of strange, I guess. They didn't even teach us how to do our goddamn taxes, son. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. American education, it's a joke. A t- <laughs> little political commentary for you. But let's just fast forward to 1989. So we're at this point now where we have our first real success in this genre. It's a little game called Sim City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sim City, bitch. Sim Sim City. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to talk a little bit about the creator of Sim City here, too, because he's a real character. His name is uh, Will Wright. Yes, Will Wright. Yeah. So you've heard of him, Michael? I have. Well, yeah. He's Googling him according to his face. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. His face turned very white. Well, what can you tell me about Will Wright? Uh, I know he made Sim City. He made Sim. Okay, great. Um, but <laughs> That's good. Great. <laughs> no, yeah. um, I know in general he used to do a lot of work at EA. Um, yep. Maxis too. And he did a lot of stuff that led to games like, like The Sims uh, and... Uh, I think like Spore was another big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he the thing is I always get him confused with Sid Meier because <laughs> like they're the two people that actually like put their names on the boxes. Yeah, that's kind of strange, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's like Sid Meier Civilization. Will Wright, right. Sim City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they're a little egotistical, but more power to them because I mean, well, it's it's not really egotism; it's sold. Like, if you knew this oh. game was by one of these two people, like, the game sold. Oh, yeah. He made the Spore, too. That's right. Yeah. Made Spore. That was his yeah. uh, most recent his creation last... back in 2008 or nine. Yeah, that was his last one at EA, I think. If you guys don't know what Spore <laughs> is, it's a, an evolution simulator. 
you create a yeah. tiny little organism and then a little spore if you would and then you watch it evolve as it takes on traits to grow to its next generation and next generation next generation till eventually you mm-hmm. have a creature that is a monstrosity and a mistake by god <laughs> more well, than likely <laughs> yeah you move up to the like solar scare scale of things you start as a yeah, little yeah. single-celled organism then go yep civilization kind of you expand mm-hmm. um but let's get back to Will Wright. He has a real talent for taking simulations and making them into games by empowering the players. He creates what he dubs possibility spaces or simple rules and game elements that add up to a very complex design, just like real life, right? You have Newtonian's physics, which is pretty simple, and then you add to it thermodynamics and fluid dynamics and the other laws of nature, and shit gets complex real fast. You he lost said me. in a conference that uh, players pay the developers money and in turn for problems in a game and hopefully we'll have fun solving them <laughs> i don't think that's far off from the truth really um but his impetus into game design is to create what he calls software toys so here we're answering huh. the question that we asked before sounds the, sounds dirty software toys <laughs> no it's not like that <laughs> it's not something you find on a certain hub website it's a uh, it's a lot cleaner than that, actually. This episode of Entertain This brought to you by Me Undies. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I don't want to bring big underpants into this, but uh, <laughs> in playing with these toys, software toys, children can learn so much more by themselves rather than listening to a teacher yep on and on. But before he gets the success with SimCity in uh, 1989, he's struggling to get a publisher to get copies of the games into the hands of consumers for four years. He completed this game in 1984, and finally in 1989, someone said, you know what? That's a good idea. So people up until this point thought that a video game either had to be a platformer or shooter-based. Like, think about Super Mario Mm -hmm. Brothers. That's a platformer, right? Mm -hmm. You jump from platform to platform, you squish a Goomba here and there, you get a mushroom, you trip out on on it for a while. Um, That's not not actually true, but... uh, the thing, as far as you know. Who knows? The thing I'm trying to get at here is that up until this point in time, all the games were like helicopters or army men shooting each other, or you know, you're in an asteroid field and you're shooting asteroids. It wasn't until this game was released until you had you had this like, I can create something with with my software, and it's gonna be something that I really find pleasure in doing. That's something that I love about video games as a whole, or at least their origin, is that at the beginning, video games would have names like, shoot the guy. <laughs> hey, come over here, play helicopter time. Hey, you want to play uh, F- Flower Boy? Mm. Come on over. Come on over <laughs> and play our new game. It's called Tanks. Tanks, yeah. Tanks. <laughs> it's about tanks. It's very kind of right masculine. There. Right? Right there on the tin. Says yep. it's tanks. That's what this game is. You get to blow things up. Blow things up with tanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, kind of kind of masculine. So kind of like our podcast before Chloe joined, right? Am I right? Huh? It's a little plug. It's a little plug. Uh but <laughs> people up until this point thought that a game was like all about men. It's geared toward men. We're going to market it towards men. Men, 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 young men. 16-year-olds right in that kind of time frame. YMCA. Lots of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> men. 
<laughs> Reviewers consider the game to be uh, instructive and helpful toward a player's understanding of the basics of urban planning, politics, economics, and just those three core tenets made the game complex enough. So think about that. Yeah, I definitely remember playing it like in fourth or fifth grade and yeah. just being like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> why can't I, I punch? Too. Why can't I punch people like in Super Smash Bros? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I built a road. I built a fire department. I built a house. I caught the house on fire. Why the fire department not show up? And then somebody walk over and be like, hey, did you run like water lines to the fire department, to the fire hydrant over there? Did you like do this? Did you nope. do that? Does this house have nope. electricity? Are it's- there people in your town? And I'd be like, huh? I built this. I built this. I built this city on a fucking dream and a prayer. <laughs> Something I'm just now realizing is that whenever like I fail like significantly at a game and I just can't progress, the game then turns from like try to get better into like try to fail at the absolute worst that I can. <laughs> That's how I end most Jenga games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't win. I'm sabotaging it. <laughs> I remember doing that with like Roller Coaster Tycoon and that's oh, yeah. how like I bred the whole like how can I creatively kill as many of my part guess as possible. Michael, that is the game. You were doing it. it. You <laughs> well. did it. You learned it. Actually, there's a funny, funny story about that. Actually, my uh, Ooh. freshman year at UK, I roomed with like a stranger. I did the whole room and board thing. Stranger, so sorry uh, about that. Yeah, it was not fun. And uh, one night I, I had insomnia back then. And so like, I just tried to find like creative ways for me to pass the time. And one night, uh, I decided, hey, this is useful. I'm going to just see how many possible points I can get to for a computer to uh, score on me in FIFA. Uh, And so my roommate ended up like he ended up being awake because the TV kept him awake. Um, (laughs) But he like tweeted out like a bunch of like trash talk about me. He's like, I don't want my roommate's so fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, like he doesn't I don't get why he's just staying up playing FIFA doing this shit. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have Twitter back then, so my RA told me. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Were you just yeah. like, bro, chill? Or was that the yeah. time you're like, time to move out? Yeah, no, both. <laughs> uh the like literally a month later I moved out into a different dorm. You Took the TV the with talk. me. Yeah. Took the TV in the fridge with me. But really, Wolf. you were finding your own way to win at the game, mm-hmm. right? You were just trying to yeah get the computer to that was your stated goal i just defined my own terms of victory you defined your own goal yeah mm-hmm. the power is in your hands the power with everything power and everything is that ea slogan uh it's in the game no it's, that's ea sports it was in the game mm-hmm. now it's out of the game <laughs> anyways uh our boy will right will right will mm-hmm. wrong will right uh he then went on to the 2000 release of the sims and this is another banger oh yeah so I really don't this hope, one. I hope you don't make me explain this game. Please don't make me explain this game. <laughs> There's too much to explain. It's what what is Sims all about for those people who are living under a rock? Can you can you just take us through that? Uh yeah, I can do that. Okay. Uh all Sims right. is basically a person simulator. <laughs> like you are a person in a world, and it's your job as like the overlord of this person's life to do things like build and furnish their house. Yep. 
tell them what tasks to do to direct their life. Uh, you choose things like their career, their love interests, you meet new people and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And eventually your Sim grows old and dies or doesn't know how to cook and tries to cook something on the stove and ends up burning their house down. <laughs> hey, can I talk about simulation theory for a little bit? I was going to say you couldn't, but yeah, I'll, I'll entertain it. Okay. Are you guys familiar <laughs> with simulation theory? Yep. Vaguely. Okay. So the idea of simulation theory is that one day as humanity, we will be able to using computers, create a simulation that is so accurate to our world that it will be mm. probably, like the probability of us not being in a simulation at that point will have reached zero because if we can do it, that means we are also a simulation. The basic idea is like, if it's possible, then it's impossible that we're not already that simulation. Right. Cause then you could also create a simulation within a simulation. And because the people inside of our simulation could then be able to create a simulation and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. It's a rabbit hole. We don't know for the first, but the it's like 99% chance that we are not the first the reason that i go into that is because if the sims is that first step towards creating the simulation that confirms simulation theory for us mm -hmm. that means that there's somebody who's controlling me and i feel like they're doing a doom run and that's bullshit <laughs> they're doing a michael savoya i don't yep. know what i'm doing so i'm gonna see how hard i can fail at doom run and they can go fuck themselves <laughs> who's in control that, here that's a scary thought of like our world is just like The Sims 2000. Yeah. What What if just one day randomly, you're having a nice relaxing summer day, you're chilling out by your pool, you jump in for a dip, and you look yep. around, no stairs, no ladder. You're like, it's my pull, time. Pull yourself out. I mean. No, I can't. I'm going <laughs> to drown here. I can't get out. They took away my ladder, and they took away my stairs. I'm done. What, what if scat music is just like a glitch back into like the old sims language it could be hey that's all theories you know those are all theories mm -hmm. that's about games. just a theory a copyright infringement. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I was like, don't say it, don't say it. he's gonna find us. <laughs> but this is a this is a game and that belongs to the subset of, of CMS games called Life Simulation. Mm -hmm. So in the future, in the future, games like maybe Animal Crossing, right? Or Tamagotchis would also be co-inhabitants with the Life Sim umbrella and the Sims. Ergo. Uh, the development of this game all started after 1992. So, um, Will Wright, you know, he's making a little money off of the Sim City. He's doing all right. He buys himself a house over in uh, Oakland, California. But uh, it burned to the ground due to a wildfire. It's the Oakland firestorms <laughs> of 1992. Like, F in the chat for that guy. That's, I mean, geez. That's only funny because that's like the only thing anyone ever does in SimCity. Yeah, mm -hmm. burns down. <laughs> They're like, I built this, it's time to burn it down. Yeah. It's not funny. The wildfires in California are so sad and so They're dangerous fucked. and so terrible. But the fact that the guy who made SimCity, a game that's famous for how many people burn that shit to the ground, mm -hmm. and his house burned down in a wildfire. Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. 
it's, life finds a way. It's beautiful. It's, uh, what do you call that? Isn't it ironic? Is that is that the thing? Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. you coincidental? Think? Coincidental at very least, right? Yeah. He. You're gonna summon our fact checker if you ask too many hypothetical questions. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> well, the between irony and uh, coincidence is. <laughs> um. It's now the new goal is just going to be say sh- saying shit that's just extremely outlandish to yeah. force Chloe into here. <laughs> well, actually, Mars is the third planet from the sun uh, relative to... <laughs> Did you guys know that Clifford the Big Red Dog is actually a Great Dane? <laughs> is he really? Okay. <laughs> no. He's not a Great Dane, he's a Kaiju. That's true. He came mm-hmm. from the ocean. Wow, yep. I learned something new. Anyways, uh... So Will's house burns down. That's a bummer, right? He essentially yeah. has to start over. He has Sorry to start that f- I laughed so hard at that, guys. This is my... <laughs> I'll later write a notes apology and post it on Twitter for you guys, but Thank this you. is my apology for you personally. It's got to be watermarked, too. He's got to have the letterhead and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> said the thing about the guy who made Tim Thiddy's house burning down. <laughs> this is a heartfelt apology video with ukulele music in the background. <laughs> We've if seen I ever had to make an apology video the thumbnail would be me like this my hands are outstretched and I have a very serious look on my face <laughs> sorry those of you listening to the podcast and then the the title of the video would be so I fucked up <laughs> <laughs> jeez YouTuber apology videos are they're taking a dive I'm telling you so he starts from scratch he builds a house he purchases all this stuff and he thought well shit this is so much fun i might as well make a game out of it that that's that's not actually how it happened the inspiration for this game didn't actually happen like that he instead realized that all my shit isn't what makes me happy it's the people i have relationships with instead so friends we made along the way friends he made along the way Mm -hmm. there's also a couple of smart people books that influenced him in designing the sims but that's boring uh, in case you're curious, those books are Christopher Alexander's 1990s, 1977 book called A Pattern Language and Scott McCloud's 1993 book called Understanding Comics. I don't, I don't know why those two. It's just what influenced him, not me. And once again, he had a hard time selling this idea for a virtual dollhouse too. EA, which owned Will's company Maxis, was like, no. And they lent him one programmer to work on this in 1992. So it's it's a solid eight years of development that this one guy is just over there pounding keys, doing the hacker man stuff with the green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a mechanical keyboard too, so he makes a lot of noise. Uh, <laughs> he's on a typewriter that he made into a keyboard. <laughs> sure, that might have been him. But part of what makes these games so endearing is the fact that you get to create what you want in the game. You want to make a house? Go for it. It's now yours and you can do whatever you want with it, even burn it down. <laughs> but in his 2007 TED Talk, which I watched, it's really great. Go watch it. We'll link it in the show notes, maybe if I remember. Uh, he did it about Spore. And he revealed that his toys, his software toys, are to help people get perspective of long-term thinking and decision-making. Because that's something that us humans kind of really struggle with, especially with climate change and all that. The idea of an old man planting seeds so that one day his grandchildren may someday sit in the shade comes to mind. So let's just briefly, we're going to fast forward once again so we can play that little, the tape fast forward. I'll find something. It'll make sense in the end. Uh, <laughs> but SimCity 2013, here we are. Uh, this game sucked. Okay. It sucked for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy it. That's, I love SimCity. 
this game came out and I heard, I saw all the negative reviews. I was like, not for me, not this time. It's always online. You have microtransactions. It's forced multiplayer. And it's kind of a dumbed down version of SimCity 4. To quote our boy yeah. Will Wright, once again, SimCity kind of worked itself into a corner because we were still appearing appealing to the idea, the core of the SimCity group. And it gotten a little more complicated for people who had never played SimCity and was just jumping into it. So we wanted to take it back to its roots, to some roots, not roots, roots to somebody who had never played SimCity can pick it up and enjoy it and play it without thinking that it was really, really hard. So you kind of see this thing where they're trying to balance out, like, do I want it really yeah. complex and really fun or do I want it approachable for everyone? You could do both. I you mean... totally can. But I'd argue this game went too far. It paired oh, back yeah. a whole bunch of things. Well, I mean, you could even argue that a lot of the stuff isn't even in the name of paring it down or whatnot. Like a lot of it is just like corporate, like corporate making bad decisions that developers have to implement, like always on DRM, like that shit. Uh-uh, get it out. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awfully familiar to like uh, maybe cyberpunk. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. It's another good episode. Go check out Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the, the podcast episode, not the game. The, the podcast game episode. Yeah, don't play the game yet. <laughs> game yeah, still don't bad? waste your time on the game. Game's still bad, guys? Uh, it's You're still not, bad. Okay, so I play it on the PlayStation 5 now, so it's better. Okay. Yeah, I. they just released a big patch, like literally two or three days ago, I think. Okay. That fixed a lot of basic stuff. But that took them like three months to do. So um, my my hopes aren't very high that the game will be in a good place quite hmm. recently, like very soon. That, that was their I'm sorry patch. <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it was because of SimCity 2013 that led me to be an avid player of a game called City Skylines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's scratch that one. itch. Oh, yeah. Which that like that came right off the back of SimCity 4. Like it did. It tanked, like SimCity 4 tanked and City Skyline was like, we're in like our pre-alpha, but I guess like if you all want that itch scratched, here you go. Oh, and believe me, I played it. I played the show. Oh, yeah. I still play it sometimes. I'll be honest. It's real good. You uh, play Train Simulator too. You're like big into this stuff. <laughs> I have a list of games that they're all construction. Of, it's a long ass list. I can go through it. We used to have streaming Saturdays with Nick on our Twitch channel. It hasn't happened in a little bit, but the last time I think you were doing a Train Simulator. Oops, that was Sid Meier's Railroads. Life got busy. I'm sorry. I Isn't should... that still a train simulator? Yes, but it's not train simulator because that's a different game. Mm-hmm. You see? Huh. Anyways. Do you uh, play that one too? Train? No, I don't really play train simulator. I had a game when I was a kid called... Um, maybe it was Pop train simulator. Saves the Zoo? No. Oh. I did, I did have that too. It was a train simulator. I forget the name of it. Microsoft train simulator or something like that. Something like that to go alongside of Microsoft Plane Simulator. That that game I played the shit out of too. I don't have it written down, but Microsoft Flight Simulator X. Microsoft Planes, Microsoft Trains, and Microsoft Automobiles. Let's continue on with the scripted (laughs) portion of this show. Because I think that's all the goofs we can get out of that one. I think we squeezed it dry. (laughs) So let's talk about my experience with these games. I've already touched on it a little bit, but it's it's my love affair. It started with SimCity 3000. Uh, whenever that was released, 2000-something, went on to SimCity 4. And SimCity 4, I'd argue, is still the best city builder game out there. Even better than City Skylines. 
And here's why, because you can go down to like the granular level and click on a person and be like, well, where are you going today? You can drive their car in the streets, all that kind of stuff. Fun stuff. Hmm. Put out fires, the fire truck. So I don't know. Interesting. That's just my How argument. long until they make a, a SimCity that is maybe not called SimCity, but a SimCity where you can like click on a person and inhabit their body in the first person, like live in the city that you made. I want that to happen so bad. Mm. That'd be really pretty. Do. That'd be pretty awesome. It would. I feel like that'd be more of a Sims game, like The Sims. Yeah. Than it would be. It is a bit more like that, but like if they did Sims in the city, yeah. like Sex in the mm. City. It's not like yeah. Sim City. It's like Sims in the city. So imagine right. like, but like Sim City and The Sims have a baby. Mm-hmm. That would be so honestly you, dope. So you build the big ass city. Yep. And then it all renders, and it probably takes like four hours because <laughs> fuck. Mm-hmm. And then you get to be a sim in the city that you built and you get to explore the whole city, but it's sims in the first person. Yep. Ooh. And then you can still do like generations on top of generations, continue yeah. to build out the infrastructure in like real time. And ooh, baby. Hey, you can hold elections and local TM, 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 TM. This is our idea. Our, our symbol. We're, we're, this yeah. is us. We're doing this. This is a part of Entertain This LLC, an entertainment corporation <laughs> bringing you all things entertainment. We're working on a board game. This is our next project you can't take it from us yeah nick this just make is legally you, binding make sure you put a watermark on that audio we're gonna watermark yeah. the audio we're gonna say mm-hmm. yeah to make sure that nick. you file make sure that you file for our llc before someone else does <laughs> okay got it <laughs> i don't want to talk about llcs uh but you don't All right, win. then let's not <laughs> you don't win you don't win at these games you just do a little better every time i still have ptsd from SimCity 4 advisors flipping out on a red and white pulsing background don't you guys like, you have to fix your water. What are you? They're doing your that. water's broken. <laughs> They're doing the it had like a, Herman. One had like a local <laughs> news like thing going yeah. across the top where they're like a farmer's market open today. And then randomly it'll be like, also everyone's dying. <laughs> <laughs> the magic word of the day is infrastructure. <laughs> That's like the third podcast in a row. We've had a scream word of the day. What the fuck, guys? He's addictive, you know, he's kind of like crack. You know what you can't build in SimCity? Crack. An adult movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Guys, we, we've gone off the rails. We're never getting this dude on our podcast, <laughs> no. ever. We goof on him so bad. I feel like it's out of love, though. Like, yeah, I, I love I, Yeah. Like, Maybe you guys I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we loved what, what we do in the shadows. He was in that. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Hmm for an episode anyways nick what's up sorry okay <laughs> hey guys wait time out before we jump ship what's Wee herman's real name paul paul rubens there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> my man paul my man i want to see if anybody knew because i kept avoiding saying it because i didn't no i got you um so what are what are some personal qualities about me that you know some personality Likes traits. trains what? damn it that was gonna be mine trains mm-hmm. okay that's yep. one uh, you like trains. I like trains. You like, you like, I don't mean this in a mean way. You like control. Like you like being able to predict what's happening. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you like <laughs> to be in control of trains. Trains. Yeah, I do. <laughs> if I could you like memes. You like creating things from the ground up. Okay. Yeah. You might you say like memes. I'm, and I like memes. I'm organized. Maybe mm-hmm. a little anal at times. 
Not in that way. Yeah. Um, You're a grandfather. I'm a grandfather. Uh, maybe playing more towards the rational side of things, but in simple terms. You owe me $40. I don't have that money, but thank you anyway. <laughs> 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 in simple terms, my day job as a graphic designer is to bring order to information. Now, mm-hmm. that's that's my day job. I've been told I'm pretty good at it or decent. Or Look, I get paid money. I do it for a living. So mm-hmm. when I get to use the creative part of my brain outside of work, that's even better. And I get to tickle the organization part and the creation part of my brain all at once. So I'm getting tickled. I'm tickled by these games, really. And I Disgusting. Hate use, I love it. I'm, Keep I'm going. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I hate to use a business buzzword, but designers are commonly called problem solvers. And I'd agree with that. Figuring out how to do something and make it aesthetically pleasing in the process is something that I do on the daily. And it's just endlessly entertaining to take the mess of a city and clean it up in a way that you find satisfying. Or just using a little twist on a well-known strategy for success. Or if you want to burn it all down and start over again, that's an option too. <laughs> Let aliens invade. That's always fun. That's one of my favorite things to do. When I was a kid, I was really scared of aliens. So I thought they were going to come out of the sky and abduct us. But uh, as I kind of grew out of that, as you can tell. But can I? Can I do you one better? Huh? In The Sims, it was either the first or it was the second game. I don't know off the top of my head. I know Maybe this going. is a fact-checking moment. Uh, you could put out... Um, yeah, I don't think you do. You could put out cookies for Santa. Oh. And would he come? Uh, if you put out cookies and you left them out in the middle of the night, Santa would come to your house. He would appear magically, uh-huh. and he would leave you a present. And take your cookies if your cookies mm-hmm. were good enough. If you didn't yeah. burn the shit out of them, I know so for a fact that cookies. was in two. Not sure about one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we don't need the fact checking. It was in two. Um, <laughs> two is the best, if you ask me. I was. Right. Our fact checker has just given me an off-screen confirmation. It was in fact in two. Nice. Um, so uh, here's why I say I'm going to do you one better because I was afraid of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were claustrophobic. I was, when I was a kid, this game made me afraid of Santa Claus. I get it. I get it. Because if your cookies were ass, he got mad and he threw them. Yep. Oh, damn. And you didn't get anything. Chris And I think sometimes he might have taken things. But I know for sure that if he didn't like your cookies, then like the next day, the robber would show up and you'd hear like the cat burglar music. Mm -hmm. And then the robber would sneak in your house and steal shit. Yeah. Yep. And because of that, somewhere in my subconscious, I was like, Santa is bad. And he's a pagan. <laughs> he's a pagan god. And if you don't give him sacrifice, you're fucked. And if your cookies are ass, you're fucked. So I used to like not be able to sleep on Christmas Eve, not because I was excited, but because I was terrified that the big red man was going to come and he was oh going to wreak god. havoc on my cookie selection. I'm sorry, Alex. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm also sorry. I wish I would have brought it up. Let's edit this part out. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, but just to kick off this list of games that I've played that are CMSs, we have Factorio, Kerbal Space mm-hmm. Program, Polybridge, Prison Architect, Euro Truck Minecraft. Simulator, Minecraft 2, uh, Civ 5, Besiege, The Falling Sand Game, Railroad Tycoon Did you say 3, Minecraft 2? Minecraft out? 3. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Open TTD, which is... Uh, I have a cool story about this, actually. Test it's a, it's a cute story. What? Test-driven development? What does what does TTD mean? TTD means uh, uh transport tycoon. Uh, dope, dope director. 
director okay. or something like that. But basically it's a, it's like a, it's a free game. So go play it. It's a isometric 2d top down type of thing where you can create trains, planes, automobiles, trucks, that kind of stuff. Ooh. And you get to move things around. It's a, you know, it's, it's logistics. It's kind of fun. Well, what's your oh. cute story? You have us on pens and sorry, needles. Sorry, cute story. Um, I used to play this game. Uh, I'd stay after school at our, at our college that we all went to at one point. At our college. At our college. And I'd, I'd sit in the library and after I get done, you know, bullshitting on, uh, I think it was consumer psychology. I probably should know a bit more about that, but I, I treated a little bit. And then, <laughs> so I get done watching the videos and whatever, and I'd play open transport tycoon and I'd wait for Natalie to show up. Cause at the time we were just like hanging out mm-hmm. after school and I wanted to see her and she wanted to see me. And I'd be like, Oh, I hope she shows up. Cause she texted me and be like, yeah, I'm out of class or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So I have very warm and fuzzy memories about that. Cause you know, it's, it's kind of cute when you get to know your girlfriend and she, she comes in, is nice with you and stuff. Oh, it's so nice when people are nice and then you <laughs> date them. <laughs> it's much better than the opposite. Oh, yeah. I'm just picturing her like looking over your shoulder as you're playing. Ooh, yeah, this guy knows infrastructure. <laughs> That's a keeper. Well, she's this not- man has a future in city planning and building. <laughs> she was more like, what's that game? And I told her and she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> And then said nothing yep. else after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you were like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> ooh, I'm vibing. Somebody thinks it's cool. Ooh. Somebody <laughs> thinks it's cool. Wants to watch me keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the draw here? What's the draw with these games? Not only will it get you a girlfriend. It, it, it <laughs> Guaranteed. It It'll get you a girlfriend. 100%, 100% <laughs> 100% success rate. <laughs> Guys, don't do that. Um, <laughs> We've tested it in the field, and guess what? 100% of the time, it works every time. No. <laughs> so before this global Panda Express that we find ourselves in, we've probably yes. had a time where you sat in traffic on your way back from work and thought, well, God damn it, I could have designed this road better. Right? We had that moment? Nope. No? Most of the time I'm like, I didn't know this road was here. Cool. <laughs> I found a new back way. This is great. But anyways, it's omnipresence. Like you said before, Alex, who doesn't want to be a god? I mean, really. It's control and micromanagement, yes, but tweaking the smallest little nitpicky things and changing them, you get to control your world. Often I can't do that in real life, and neither can you. And there's no story either, so you can turn off your brain and just kind of sit there in front of the screen and be like, oh, okay. You can make the story for yourself. You get these unique experiences that only you can get to have. As opposed to going and finding a princess, you can be like creating the castle that she's in. And that's only something that you can do because it's in your noggin and you get to put it on the screen. In the words of some of the songbirds of our generation, Tears for Fears, (laughs) everybody wants to rule the world. Wow, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Okay, take me out the big screen. Thank you. <laughs> that was all I had. That was the goof. Everybody does want to rule the world, especially me. Not that I could do it better. I just, you know, it's kind of cool. I couldn't do it better. Let's be honest. So it's strategy Shutter. and organization. Like I said before, it's creating order from chaos through time, of course. Uh, it requires complex thought as opposed to just, you know, r- routine reflexes. And I'm not about to beat an, a twitching 12-year-old boy who's working on a second two-liter Mountain Dew on Call of Duty. I don't got to do that with these games. You just compete with yourself to, well, I guess the computer in a way too. 
you you compete with the rules that are existing in the game and you know try and make the best of it i guess uh but it's forgiving too these games are very forgiving in the real world you often don't get second chances and if you happen to fuck up in any one of these games guess what you can start over and you might not want to restart after the fuck up because you know why that's your fuck up and you own it that's where I am most <laughs> that, of the time. Then you've put over a hundred hours into planning your city. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a sunken cost fallacy, and then mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, I should have built a, a a bridge or a highway or something over there." <laughs> but this really appeals to casual gamers above all else. It's the universal draw across genders and nationalities. There's no killing. It's well, unless you choose to. There's it's low speed, and you can chill and have an ice cold water while playing the game. And perhaps the most significant aspect of SimCity or any one of these games is it marked a shift in marketing of video games to not just sweaty 16-year-old boys, but to grandpas like me and 40-something-year-old moms and 20-something-year-old ladies. Think about it. It was a big deal back then, and it still is today. And I think you guys should be excited about it, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, the Sims game that scared the living crap out of me was my mom's. She was playing it on the computer. Really? (laughs) Which is pretty crazy. That's awesome. She had all of them. I don't remember who bought SimCity 3000 for me. Uh, I don't know. We can't fact check that either because you have to call my mom and ask her like, why did you buy this game for your son? Um, oh, we call, call, <laughs> call next mom. Call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's way more diverse player base when compared to the mid 80s and even like, you know, early 90s too. And all these new gamers, you know what? I say welcome. I'm happy you're here experiencing this digital art with me. So in conclusion... Video games have been a huge part of my life, and I assume you guys' lives too. But not every one of them has to be about shooting zombies in the face or saving princesses in castles. They can teach you about life. They can teach you about taxation and zoning ordinances and politics and all these other fun things about life. (laughs) The structures that exist around our societies, not the societies themselves. And I don't have to have the knowledge of how water is piped into my house. It's just a thing that's always there when I need it. And it's within these CMS games, construction and management simulators that invite us not only to take a closer look at the world around us, but to have a wider view and a perspective on life and really think about what we're doing today and how it might affect us tomorrow. If I build a two-lane road into this industrial zone, it's not going to end well. And here's why. (laughs) But shifting our focus from what could be rather than what already is, if given the chance, I think we'd make the world a little different and maybe make it better than it already is. Or maybe we just will make it worse and see how things fall apart. Some men just want to watch the world burn after all. However you choose to make your world, I want to thank you for entertaining this. You had me on the hook for (laughs) that entire episode until the closer. There was a sentence where you went, sometimes games aren't about shooting zombies. It's about learning about zoning rules and this, that, the other. And I was like, (laughs) up until this point, I was on board, but now I realize how Nick of an episode this episode was. (laughs) Oh, you didn't? (laughs) Most of this episode, we talked about infrastructure. (laughs) I just realized that. I said he had me on the hook the entire episode. And then at the end, when I lost my shit, it was because I realized we had just talked about infrastructure for an hour. We did Mm -hmm. it. And hopefully it was somewhat entertaining. If it wasn't, I'm really sorry. (laughs) 
If it, I am a hundred percent sure it was because I admitted I was afraid of Santa Claus. That's lore in this world that people need it. Lore, write it down. Um, Wikipedia page. Somebody, there will be a Wikipedia page, and there will be an entire section about fears and phobias, and the only thing listed. Because the only thing I've admitted to was at a young age, I was afraid of Santa Claus. I'm a little afraid of heights, I'll be honest. All right, y'all have one too now. Now, Michael, you say something you're afraid of, and then we'll go uh, to our promotionals. I was afraid of... I was afraid of Spider-Man for a little bit. (laughs) Next, let's go. Promotions. (laughs) See you guys after for the quick this. Gammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an IE. See you then. We haven't taken time to uh, just kind of while we're still in the promotion zone um, to talk about uh, the Scene Snobs Network, a network of podcasts who has so lovingly adopted us and brought us into their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, around like 16 to 20. They, they're adding new shows like every week right now because the network is growing like crazy. That includes Myth Stories, um, the ad that you guys just heard. A really awesome podcast going over like ancient mythology and the stories behind them. It's a weekly mm-hmm. podcast. They like existed way before they joined the network. So there are a bunch of shows that you guys can check out of theirs. But there are a lot of other awesome shows on the network as well. It's run by this awesome dude named Mick Manhattan. Um, he has a podcast called The Scene Snobs Podcast that kind of started it all and uh, is the namesake of the network that we've joined. But that's like our home. So if you guys enjoy listening to us in the audio sense and have any interest at all in visually seeing us do the show, our weird faces um, and in jokes that we make for strictly visual uh, taker inners of our show. Sure, that's a word. <laughs> taker inners. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you guys could check us out there also. Um, so the website for them, that's www.scenesnobs.com. We'll do the rest of the plugs at the end, but I just wanted to quickly reach uh, reach out and Shout out to them before we jump into the quick this because they've been super awesome with us and been a great community and have just been super loving and caring and supportive about everything. Uh, They all raved about our last episode we we released with uh, Nick Wolf talking about cinema. They all thought that that was a really great episode. I want to pass those compliments on to you two as well while we were here. So thank you guys so much. I'm sure some of you guys are listening right now uh, to to our live release of this episode and uh, shout out to you guys. We we love you out there. Let's get into our quick this. So the last episode that we released was my episode on The Room yep. with Mr. Tommy Wiseau mm-hmm. uh, and the history of the strange man behind it. So it is my great <laughs> honor to take you guys on a little five minute ride. Uh, and, and there's something recent that happened in the news that I think I want to talk about. I had oh, something I else I planned, but but before we started the show... Uh, we started talking about this and so not because the Suez of that, canal being we're thick. not going to talk about the, the thick ass in the <laughs> Suez. <laughs> I wish we were. Um, 
well, I mean, we could talk about that too if you want. If you can figure out a way to to mix into this quick, this there's no segue. It got um, stuck in the canal. Sorry. That's it. That's sure. That's a joke. Just tell hey, me when you're ready. I got a, I got a, I got a timer <laughs> okay, for you. I was I was pulling up a timer. I'm ready. All right, let's go. Right. Three, two, one. Double timer. No. So, oh shit! You both are, okay? <laughs> sure. Pressure's on, uh, bitch. So, uh, as you guys know. Um, my family uh, had a recent member join. His name is Devin. Yep. He goes by DJW, and he does Ooh. our interlace music for the podcast. Yep. He came on a long time ago as a guest and talked to us about the music industry and breaking into the music industry and things like that. Yeah, um, back when we were doing this in my kitchen. Wow. Back when we were doing this in your kitchen and the audio was goddamn terrible. Yeah. Um, a long, long time ago. But he has me watching the music industry more closely than I used to. But even if you're not into the music industry, even if you're not um, interlaced within the different things going on with Kanye West or uh, like anybody, you know about Lil X Nas. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, is that Lil Nas X? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. He's got his <laughs> horses in the back. It. Yeah. Right. He's got his horses in the back. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. as, as some of you guys know that. Awesome song that every 12-year-old loved for the last two years, <laughs> uh, Old Town Road. He was the guy who wrote it. It went crazy. It went like double, triple platinum in like its first year. It did a bunch of crazy record stuff. Um, and everybody was like, all right, we got a one-hit wonder here. He wrote Old Town Road. True. Um, he True. got Miley Cyrus on it. That was pretty super cool. Well, he recently came out with another song. Chances are he had songs between this song and Old Town Road, but this is the first one that's kind of gotten news attention recently. Um, the song is called uh, Montero, I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. And it has, of course, the name that goes along with it called Call Me By Your Name. So in parentheses, Call Me By Your mm -hmm. Name. Um, this song is huge in the news right now. Have you guys heard about this? Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. So this song's basic premise goes along with um, Lil Nas X identifies as homosexual. He is he's gay. Right. Cool. Um, and he wrote a song basically about his uh, experience going through uh, being in the closet and coming out of it and like the shame that goes into that and like the emotional tolls of doing that and that's not something that i want to speak on on this show because i have not experienced it and i don't really know much about it mm -hmm. so that's not my place to talk about but that's the premise of the song uh and in doing so he takes a kind of biblical sense in the music video and what you see is uh the garden of eden and the story of adam and eve basically acted out uh with more dire consequences there is first off every character is played by Lil Nas X so take that into consideration when thinking about what all this is about because he's okay. basically judging himself um and he is attempted by a demonic like character um he you know does things with that demonic character gets caught goes through judgment actually is executed by a jury of himself um and starts ascending into heaven where he uh a stripper pole emerges from hell uh, as he's rising up to heaven, Lil Nas X grabs onto said stripper pole and then does a strip routine all the way down the pole to hell where he gives Satan a lap dance and then he kills Satan and steals his horns, becoming what we can only assume to be the new devil and the new prince Ooh. of hell. Wow. That's what this new music video is. And it's kind of like a... Um, if you want to make me the bad guy for being gay, then like 
I'm gonna be the fucking bad guy. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be your worst goddamn nightmare. That's kind of the vibe that I got off it, which is like a super kind of heroic yeah. vibe for me. Yeah. Is that he's like, I don't give a shit what you think. Like, judge well, me all you want. But at the end of the day, I'm going to rule your goddamn world. And also, I'm going to look sexy as fuck doing it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the cool thing about that, though, is it seems like the message is like, I don't care if you play me out to be the villain. Like, I, I've already judged myself to be the villain. Right. Like, and also, it takes the stance of like from a religious standpoint where it's like, OK, uh, yeah, this is your argument. Like, God's against me being gay but like i am what i am and so if god doesn't <laughs> want me then i'll go strip in hell like that's what's up yeah wow. um and it's just like i'm gonna be what i'm gonna be that's super awesome uh i'm in full support of all of that yeah now here's something else <laughs> as a uh where are we at oh you shit. got 30 seconds <laughs> okay Rap. buckle down well we, we'll extend promotion. it a little bit Okay, as a promotion to promote this song, he decided to release a shoe with a brand called Mischief. If you don't know what Mischief is, it's an app that you can get on your phone. They have random drops. There's a certain amount of stock that goes into each mis or fucking Mischief drop. So there were only 666 pair of these shoes that he decided to drop exclusively on Mischief to promote this, uh, his song called Mon Montello or whatever. I don't have time to go look it up again. Montero. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so... He made what is called Satan Shoes. This is a play on Mischief's very first like physical drop, uh, or at least one of their more popular ones, called Jesus Shoes, where they took a pair of Nike Air Max and they put holy water in the sole and put a cross on it. It was like, these shoes are Jesus Shoes. Walk on water. That's what it was all about. And everybody oh. went crazy for him. Well, Lil Nas X decided, hey, I'm going to hell because of this thing that I made, so I want to make devil shoes. I want to make Satan Shoes. Mm -hmm. And instead of holy water, you're going to be stepping on human blood because every, every pair of shoes has a drop of human blood in the sole of them, uh, mm -hmm. as well as some red dye. But at least one drop of human blood is guaranteed. Um, these are shoes that are, they're called Satan shoes. They look like Satan shoes. They, they look have a pentagram on them. Yeah, they have a pentagram on them. They say 666. They reference the, the biblical verse where like the devil was introduced and he fell from heaven. People are going fucking nuts because yeah. when they made the Jesus shoes, everybody was like, yeah, mischief, Jesus shoes. We love it. Nike was like, thank you so much. People love these. <laughs> thank Jesus. You, Jesus. These are great. Thank you. Jesus. So much so <laughs> that Nike now sells Jesus shoes on their store online. But they made devil shoes. They made mm -hmm. Satan shoes. And guess what? The Bible Belt's not into that as much as the Jesus shoes. Nope. So they're basically like, hey, Nike, go fuck yourself. How could you let them make this? And Nike's like, honestly, we didn't let them make this. They bought the shoes and then they made the shoes and they sold the shoes. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. this, this isn't our brand. And everyone's like, we don't give a fuck. They have the Nike swish on the side. We're boycotting you now. You're canceled, Nike. You're canceled. Well, fuck yourself. A little Nas X is like, it was a joke, guys. I was, oh, I was just kidding. He's like up on his Twitter all day, just like posting these really spicy memes where he's like me at the Nike headquarters tomorrow, <laughs> and it's like a dude like sitting in a in a uh, fucking courtroom, and he's like, I'm sorry, judge. I'm so sorry for what I did. That's and it's just meme. like hilarious. Go check out his Twitter because right now it's fucking blowing up. He does not give a shit about what's happening with Nike and mischief. I know I'm way over. I'm going to keep going. I don't give a fuck because this is interesting. Um, but they Nike decided to sue Mischief. So now Mischief and Nike are in a battle because Nike says that there was copyright infringement when they sold a shoe uh, that had the Nike Swish on it because Nike at the end of the day should be allowed to decide what the Nike Swish is put on. Now, they didn't make a new shoe. They modified an old shoe and they're selling a modified version. Now, the question is, is this modified shoe... Does it qualify as a piece of art 
which is they took the they took the Nike shoe and they turned it into something else. So now this is a new product mm-hmm. or is it copyright infringement? It was a Nike shoe and we turned it into this and now we're selling it for more. These shoes go for a thousand dollars, a little bit more than a thousand dollars a pair. There are only six hundred and sixty six of them. Mm-hmm. So value is going to increase supply and demand, baby. You know how it works. The question is. If Nike sold them these shoes as Nike Air Max and then they turned them into an art piece called Satan Shoes, does Nike still have claim to these shoes? No. I don't know. According to the lawsuit, Nike says they do. And you can read the lawsuit and what they say and how because the swish is left on, it, it's like a gray area. What Nike wants is for Mischief to cancel every single one of these orders and not to sell the shoes at all. I don't think that's going to happen because Nas X is not acting like it's gonna go down that way <laughs> he's like but, sue me bro right basically so we'll see what happens and how it plays out but it's definitely an interesting look into law of property ownership copyright infringement and what qualifies as art versus what qualifies as product yeah copyright in this country is way too strict right off the yeah. bat let's just say that be, much right now that could be a whole that could be a whole episode it'd be a very boring yeah. episode but and maybe once it just... all plays out we will make it a whole episode but for now mm-hmm. it's up with this we just talked about infrastructure for an hour or so truly we done all right guys uh, well that's our <laughs> that yeah no that's uh that's our episode well, here's, here's, i'm done with my, my argument quick this for why this isn't you know why there shouldn't be copyright infringement because by taking the 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 satan or you know altering the shoe it's transformative in nature and therefore should be seen as art and it's not copyright infringement. It's key. Right. It's transformative yeah. in nature. Basically. Yeah. But the government likes to protect corporations. That's this. true. I'm just so, saying. But if we'll somebody see. makes, if somebody makes like a sculpture out of Coca-Cola cans and it's a statement piece about sugar consumption yeah. and it gets put in a contemporary art museum, everyone's going to applaud it and give it awards. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's art. But if yeah. it sells, is that when the problem starts? No, I think it's going to come down to exclusivity. Like, I think it's wh- going to come down to execution because how they branded the the sale of the item was. Oh yeah. If they if they if at all they mentioned like this is a Nike shoe. Yeah, then, then they're, they're fucked. fucked. Completely yeah. fucked. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. We'll Don't see. do that. Anyways. Anyways, uh, that's going to be it for us this week. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. We thank you for tuning in every Friday. It's always a blast getting together and talking about literally all things entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, We got some super cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So uh, stay stay vigilant in checking our social medias and things like that. We have a really cool guest episode coming up this month. Uh, If you guys missed our uh, guest spot on the Behind the Bits uh, live show on Twitch, Uh, I did receive a copy of that show, so I will be uploading it to our YouTube channel. You guys can check it out there. But there, Scott Curtis uh, asked us if he could. Well, he he told us he was coming on to our show (laughs) to talk about a a movie that none of us were familiar with. And it actually sounds super interesting. So we're excited to have him on here soon. Um, Other than that, let's do our plugs. If you guys uh, have anything that you want to see us cover on entertain this a piece of uh entertainment that maybe you don't think that we'd find on our own reach out to us you can find us on twitter we are entertain underscore this on instagram we are entertain this podcast 
uh, on Facebook, you can find us. Yeah, look, it's scrolling across the bottom right now for those of you watching our video. On Facebook, <laughs> you can look up uh, Podcast Entertain This. That will send you to our group page. You can uh, contact us there, or you can email us at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. Um, entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. We'll see you all next Friday. Bye. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by me, Nick Mustakangas, with additional commentary from Michael Savoya and Alex Steele. Our showrunner is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rushable by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.